It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 8th of August. Mexico City and Christmas Day. We must be big time. We'll talk about that. Plus, Craig Bolichak rejoins us to talk about Quinn Snyder and how good are the Utah Jazz. It's all coming up. Plus, a Vegas over-under look on this edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Can you insight, expertise, and geeky little numbers about the team? You can listen to this show. Follow it for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And you can, of course, have your smart speaker. Just tell it to play podcast Locked on Jazz. All right. Um... I have to share a funny story first, if I don't mind, how how the lockdown sports world will infiltrate you. So today's show is brought to you by The Store, and it's brought to you by uh, Murdoch Hyundai. And I was laughing because I, yesterday I stopped by Intercap to see Brock and Steve Carter, the guys who uh, did my loan, and, and then actually, crazily enough, by the way, Intercap still owns my loan. Never seen it before. It's like crazy. Uh, it's what they said they'd do. And so they're a sponsor of the show. And we finished our meeting, and we were over at Codwood. So we were near the store, and, and Brock says, like, so is the mudslide cookie that good? I was like, yeah. So we finished our meeting early. Like, I'm convinced we rushed through the final few minutes of it to drive down to uh, the store and get cookies. We actually ran into Brad Jones, former Jazz uh, coach's wife, um, there. And uh, and then by the end of the day, uh, Intercap and uh, Brock and Devin Cash had hooked up our equity real estate, Devin Cash. And I was joking, like, well, if we'd carpooled in a Murdoch Hyundai and switched it out for a Murdoch Chevy on the way and then had our taxes done at Mizuma USA, we really could have just done the whole locked-on gamut right there. Like, we could have done all. And then I joked about this, and then Brock said, well, I actually had my parents buy a car from Shamrock Auto. And I was like, all right, well, that that does it. So we, anyway, it was kind of a funny little thing. Uh, great conversation continuing on the Locked On Jazz Facebook page. And welcome to our newest members, Nick Zimmerman, Tanya Hogan, Tanner Fox, Jeremy Klassen, uh, Benjamin Ladard. All welcome to the Locked On Jazz Facebook group. The conversation's been great. Colin Coward pissed everybody off, didn't he? Woo, did Colin Coward piss everybody off? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Why are you worried about it? So Colin Coward, if you missed it, went and basically uh, said that Joe Ingles couldn't guard a uh, chair and that, you know, he's on his Donovan Mitchell, his Russell Westbrook thing. And, you know, he just doesn't get it. Um, by the way, Christopher Brown wrote a really interesting piece um, about uh, what, basketball from an Australian piece and posted it up on the site. Um, and then uh, Jaden had a good conversation about Ricky Rubio. The Facebook group is just, I'm like on it all day. Uh, hopefully you see my comments and things of that nature. So we're playing on Christmas Day according to all reports. Uh, I don't know. I haven't had it confirmed. Um, but we're playing, according to Chris Haynes, who's pretty good, Portland will play Utah Jazz on the road in one of the five Christmas Day games. Well, probably, I would guess we would be the last one. Um, and I would guess that we will be radio only. With Ron Boone. Uh, would be my guess. It will be a TV game. And, uh, you know, so 
It's just incredible. Like, that's a big deal. Like, I've never called a Christmas Day game before, and I couldn't be more excited. It's a great honor, you know, to be one of the marquee teams. That night game is watched heavily. This is just another tip of the cap to Dennis Lindsay, Quinn Snyder, the players, and the relevancy of this franchise. And it's just absolutely the coolest thing that it has been that they have that they have built this to the point where and I don't know who um you know I don't I don't really know who when you start thinking but New Orleans with Anthony Davis does not seem to be a Christmas day game um I haven't seen I think they've kind of there's reports out of three or four of them so you know you'd suspect the thunder the lakers the Rockets, and then if the if the Jazz are in Portland and the Jazz, that's a big deal. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure um, that I've seen the Rockets there. So to be in that grouping is certainly a huge step for our organization. Uh, by the way, the inner summer interview series is continuing. Craig Bullerjack will join us here in just a few minutes. Uh, I'll have one today and tomorrow. I was, quite honestly, I'm flying to f- uh, a few days out of town, and I was absolutely planning on kind of putting out two podcasts and having one ready for tomorrow, um, but the they're giving. They're putting out the schedule of the first week in opening games tonight. So in Christmas Day, so we'll know for a fact. So I figured I probably should wait till that's out uh, before I record uh, my next pod. My, I'm going to see my obnoxious Eagles fan friend. So maybe he'll jump on and tell about talk about the process, and we'll just have it. No, we'll have more with Craig Bullerjack. Craig's going to talk about Quinn Snyder and uh, how good he thinks the Jazz are uh, coming up on today's show. Uh, the other one is Mexico City. We've talked about this a lot on the show because I think I may have learned earlier than a lot of people that the the league really wants to get into Mexico City. They've been flirting with having a G League team there. Um, they that that's a, they this is a high priority for them. They'll have two games this year, and the Jazz will get to play uh, Orlando. I'm more excited to go to Mexico City, but I am somewhat excited also on the idea that it uh, might mean I don't have to go to Orlando. I don't know if it's a home game or a road game for us, but if we don't have to go to Orlando, that'd be fine. And they're probably the same, saying the same thing about Utah, for all we know. But uh, getting to go play in Mexico City is – I'm very excited about it. I was at lunch yesterday with Jerry Sloan and Frank Layden in the Legends Lunch, and uh, Phil Johnson was there, and they were talking about – they're remembering their trips to Mexico City. Uh, they said the security is really something. 7,382 feet, so the altitude – Will work to the Jazz advantage, uh, but I'm—it's a city I've never been to. Um, I, I'm very excited to kind of go to the historic part of the city. Then I hear that the growth is amazing. Um, I have a friend who says it's basically her favorite place in the world. So, um, I, 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 I again just in—I don't know if this one is that it fit or they wanted to use us. I'm not sure this one's as prestigious as Christmas, but it's just a great experience and uh, to go. Exp- See that and then see another place. So what a day yesterday. How fun. Couldn't that, can't that, that just gets you totally fired up. Uh, the Vegas over under is out and the Warriors are at the top at 62.5. And remember the goal of Vegas is to have you put as much money on each side of it. Uh, Houston's at 54.5. Oklahoma City is at 50.5. The Jazz are at 48.5. The Lakers are at 48.5. So that would be the 4-5 matchup. Denver 6 at 47.5. New Orleans 7 at 45.5, and then Minnesota at 44.5, San Antonio and Portland out of the playoffs. Portland out at 41. 44.5 to get in is high because there just aren't that many wins around for everyone. Um, so 
here's a thought on this. So Pelton's numbers have slightly outperformed Vegas, and the amount that they have slightly outperformed Vegas, in my mind, is the amount is what is the area, and and how they've outperformed them is because Vegas alters these numbers to get that money on each side, and so when the minute they do that, they're not they're giving you their numbers, and then probably a secondary formula that says Paul George Russell Westbrook will get X extra votes. And the Lakers will get X extra votes. And so you're trying to get equal amount of money on each side. And I, so I think you have to inflate a few numbers here. Um, and the Lakers particularly with Vegas's location and LeBron, people, you, you drop that one to 46 and you're way too far. Now all of a sudden you have too much money on the top side, on one side of it. And if the Lakers have a good year, you're in trouble. So that's my take on it. Um, it is, you know what I think is maybe most important from our standpoint is so here's two different systems, both based numerically, frankly, and um, they both have the Jazz in that upper echelon. Like they're the the real consensus that we have here isn't that Vegas is. I got I I read some of that. You know, Vegas disrespecting us. Um, I would disagree with that. I, I would say the way I read this is yet another confirmation that everyone kind of believes that what they saw out of the Jazz last year was legit. Now, is there a chance that people are still underestimating the value of defense? Sure, that would be, you know, that was my theory all of last year, and I think there's still a possibility that they're still under underestimating um, the value of defense, in which case then they're underestimating the value of the Utah Jazz. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the store. I'm going to have to check in with Brock because he took a bunch of cookies from the store back over to uh, the office to see which one the crew over at Intercap. So any of you at Intercap that are listening, send me a little vote on which cookie was best. Uh, they got it from the store at 6200 South, 20th East. Great little place. Steve had not been there before. And I took Steve to the back to show him uh, where the, the barbecue chicken is and some of the pre-made meals are. Because, you know, if you're working, you don't want to go out for lunch every day. You want to stop by, sometimes pick some things up. Uh, great things to bring home. The June pies were there. I tipped them off about the Port Tomatillo. Showed them the local section that they have just for all the Utah locals around, which is such a great signature of the store, the way they customize it for the for the local people, uh, local consumers, and give them a chance to to have their product seen. Uh, and then, of course, we did head over to the cookie section and pick up the mudslide cookie. To get there, of course, you had to walk right by the uh, draft uh, kombucha or the draft cold brew, the nitro. So lots of great things. Go check it out. They have a new uh, new thing that came out. They have new Pioneer chips as well as a new French-inspired pastry line uh, that came out. Pioneer chips are kettled uh, potato chips. Uh, that's a, another local company, so they've done a nice job with that. They've got all your Utah and BYU stuff as we get ready and Utah State stuff as you get ready for the season. Don't forget, right next door is Cottonwood Ace with all the Traeger Wood Fire Grills. That is our good friends over at the store. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
but then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. We're lucky enough to have Craig Bowler, Jack TV voice of the Utah Jazz, back with us again. And uh, last episode, if you missed it, we talked a lot about where the franchise sits, how it's grown, and a lot about Donovan Mitchell and his upbringing and the incredible storm that he brought upon us. I want to go to um, Dennis Lindsay's a mastermind. We hear stories. We don't get to see it firsthand. I mean, the, the stories I just hear about his preparation and the group's preparation are endless, but you and I don't really get to see that in the same way that we get to see what Quinn Snyder does for this group. What do you think that is? What is it do you think that Quinn Snyder gives these 15 players of the Utah Jazz? Uh, David, I tell you, that's, that's really a great conversation uh, piece. Uh, it's, I think it's consistency every day. And what I mean by that is they, ex- they know what to expect. There's very few surprises. We spend hours at the practice facility during the regular season and beyond and watch him. Uh, he is very consistent, but also demanding. There's moments that we sit there and go, whoa. Uh, but it's, I think it's a fair, uh, a fair calculated moment that Quinn uh, decides to take. And what I mean by that, well-educated, understands personalities, multiple personalities throughout his team and how to handle them sometimes softer, sometimes much more direct and hard on an individual, because I think he knows which one can take it, which one may not. But yet the communication line is very intriguing to me. And I think you, you, you watch the same thing I have with Booner and Matt and Kristen and and the rest. He he just has an incredible, I mean, savvy of psychology. And that's part of his education, you know. I mean, that's who he is. Quinn's a special individual who's gone through his own turmoil of life. And I think that plays into a factor of the way he coaches and the way he communicates, David, with players and the media. I mean, it's really intriguing. I I find him one of the most, um, you know, interesting coaches I've run across. And I know you probably feel the same way. Um, He's demanding. But at the same time, he can listen. And I think that's really an important combination of how you handle 15 guys in a locker room. There's his ability to – there's so many different things to him. His ability to motivate, his ability to have the guys believe he's on their side. Right, right. Good point. And then the last one is, and I don't know that all, you know, I'm, I'm sure that one of the 15 players could be listening to this and, and say to me, um, you know, are you kidding me? I, you know, I don't know who it is, but, you know, I, it can't be universal. It's impossible for a coach to have all 15 players think that. But the amount of times we've seen guys somewhat out of the rotation pop back in or be ready or 
there's you know just get another chance whether it's A B you know or whomever it is and they're ready to go whether it's Epe winning the game in Boston having not played in all that time that to me there's something about now that probably maybe goes to the preparation of Dennis as well that you have character guys that are willing to do that. Yeah, you, that's a really great point because we've been around teams um, throughout our careers, and I'm talking even with the Jazz and outside of it, when you go to cities and you talk to the local writers or uh, television or radio play-by-play announcers, and they're saying, this place is a mess. This place is a mess. And you go, well, what's what's happening? Well, you know, they'll point to one player or a disagreement or two or three guys aren't getting enough time or the coaches have lost them. That's a well-known statement around the league. The coach just doesn't have their, you know, their trust. David, I tell you, in in a short period of time with the Jazz, Quinn, as you make a great point, seems to just connect. And I think the biggest compliment you just paid him was the fact that he can get a B, he can get F A Udo, or last year it was Jonas Derebko on some nights where they haven't played in maybe one of only four games or three games on the road, and they deliver for A.B. 17 points. Or F.A. gets a masterful block late and a putback or a huge defensive rebound, and Jarepko happens to drain a three. And you know what? A lot of guys we know, unnamed in the league, will sit and pout. That's a, in my opinion, we've watched it. Uh, There's a former Jazz player, that refused to check in who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which really surprised me. But that doesn't happen with the Utah Jazz. And your point's well taken. Look, I think they know their roles and they know the look. Some nights you're not going to play. And they probably, don't you think? I mean, I think I would appreciate the fact, my role, who am I, what am I? And I think Dennis and Quinn both have been pretty honest. And if you can take that as a player to say, I'm not going to be a big role player on this road trip, but I'm ready in case you need me. And if that happens, David, gosh, that may be part of this whole equation that we talk about of a solid locker room of 15 because they get it. And when they are needed, they're ready. A lot of players in this league aren't. But for the Jazz, from my standpoint, I think all of them are ready, you know, ready to go when Quinn looks at them and say, let's go. We need you right now. And there doesn't seem to be any any hesitation. And they seem to be prepared mentally, too, to jump on the floor and do what they have to do. The other one is, at least, and this goes actually back to this book, Culture Code, you're going to hear it. You're going to be so tired of this book. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, is, you're a reader. People don't know that. This guy, David Locke, reads and, and you know inhales words of wisdom every every you know you're, you always have a book you're talking trying. about always so, try to get better every day create every day um the one thing that it talks about is believing you have some sort of edge do you think these players think they have an edge because quinn's and the coaching staff's game plans oh absolutely you know david again we're we're privy we really are to go to practice and shoot arounds and very few broadcast teams are allowed in the NBA. I think you'll agree. I, I don't know if there's a better, better prepared team. You know, some, I mean, you may hear, well, the practice went three hours. Uh, sometimes, Someone's uh, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they end with fun and Quinn brings out uh, whatever the, the money is that's been uh, reaped upon mostly go bear. 
for being late for us, but they shoot threes at midcourt and there's that loosey goose feel and you go, okay, there's the balance you speak of. Right. But I think there's no team probably that I've come across better prepared with game planning against the opponent on a night to night basis. And I, you know, you're analytical and I kind of stand back and look the old way of just playing the game and, you know, how are they in a di- you know, in digesting his game plan and, and what is their, their body language telling me? And I know you do too, but you know, I, I see these guys still engaged and maybe they walk off the floor. Like that was a little bit long, but I guarantee you, David, if, if you and I walked up to them, right. Do you feel the same way that those guys would say we were prepared for this ball game tonight, and Quinn and Quinn didn't leave any you know stone unturned? Um, maybe the argument would be by some players, I'd rather be back in my room resting. But I think Quinn Snyder's idea of being prepared is to say, look, on an inbound pass with six seconds left, we're going to either do this or defend it this way. And you know what? Three times in 82 games, those will equal wins and could be the difference between a home court or not making the playoffs. And that's how important preparation is. Not making the playoffs. Not making the playoffs. Kevin Pelton has other ideas. I'm going to get geeky with numbers, and we're going to discuss whether Pelton's crazy when we continue with Craig Bolajak on Locked on Jazz. So we have a new 16-year-old driver in the house. What do you do about that? Well, you pro- go search, at least in our case, for the safest best value car you can get on the market. And then in our case, we were going to trade in one of our, our SUVs. So we want another SUV so mom could use as well. And so after our search and our knowledge of what we've learned, we went to Hyundai, went to Murdoch Hyundai. We went and found out, we talked to Jason. and Obviously, Brock was, uh, Blake was incredible to us, and the, cr- the crew there was, was fabulous. Um, and we ended up with a Hyundai Santa Fe. That same Hyundai Santa Fe, 2018, Right now, received the highest five-star overall safety rating for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, considered a top safety pick plus motor trend. Lock research comes through in the clutch. I tell you, I geeked out on this too. And we're very, very pleased about it. And we've been pleased with everything we've had with Murdoch. They're doing the birthday bash because it's Murdoch's 92nd anniversary. You get oil changes, brakes for life, car washes for life, and safety inspections for life. If you buy a car with Hyundai, Murdoch, Hyundai, and Logan, Linden, or Murray, I strongly suggest if you're going to try to get the, uh, if you're looking at a hybrid, go look at the Ionic. Uh, the Kona is the small little SUV. It's so zippy and fast and fun. And the sedan line is great as well. It's all over at Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street, as well as Logan and Linden. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun 
Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, so I'm going to get geeky with numbers, I said. Here it comes. Are you ready? Last year, when Joe Johnson was on the floor for the Utah Jazz, they were a minus eight for 100 possessions. 99 on, 107 off was uh, the defense. was uh, The offense was 99 rating, and the defense was... Ru- with Rodney Hood was on the floor last year for the Utah Jazz... The Jazz were a negative 3.3. The defense was a 107. The offense was a 104. There was not another player that was a regular player on the Utah Jazz other than Jonas Jerebko, who had a defensive rating higher than 102. Actually, Favors was at 103. Okay, 103 would be like third best in the league. From the time in which the Jazz got rid of both Joe Johnson and Rodney Hood at the trade deadline, they went something like 24-6, and six, right? Something like that? I don't even know, actually. It was so crazy. Yeah, it was It was uh, one of the hottest uh, runs. Uh, what was they finished? 29-6? and six? Is that what it was at the end of the season? I'd have, again, i I got to go back depends, and look at my game it notes. It depends but, what date you uh, want to start. The Jazz were on, a, were on a tear. We're on an absolute tear to finish the season. Is that realistic to think that that replicates itself in a new season. They're 22 and six after trade deadline. Right. Is that, um, I, I think that the jazz may be the most intriguing team in the league besides the Lakers with LeBron. Okay. And just in the sense of, can you continue this type of, <clears throat> of play? And as we've been talking about camaraderie and chemistry, uh, you know, I know where you're going with Kevin Pelton. I've been looking at numbers today with ESPN and, uh, you know, the, the, the over and under with, uh, Las Vegas and where the Jazz stand from two to four to five in the West. I mean, it's, it's bizarre just how much attention is played with this team right now, too. I think the intrigue of, of Donovan number one and Rudy, of course, and Quinn Snyder and what the Jazz, who they are and what they, they represent. But, Dave, I tell you, I don't see after the hood and and Joe Johnson departure, the Jazz just seemed to take off. And and Rudy was healthy. I think you know. I think that has to be an important factor here. That Gobert found himself back in a rhythm, and Donovan and Ricky Rubio also found an incredible. Gosh, I mean that that combination and the respect they had from one another was fun. You could tell it every night uh, of, of how they played, but. Yeah, I'm, I I don't think the Jazz skip a beat right now. I I, I don't. I I think that there is a mission and it hasn't been completed. Injury aside, uh, I think this team is going to be really fun to watch and and probably one of the bigger stories in the Western Conference this year and beyond. Kevin Pelton's system has actually had a better success rate than the over under system uh, than the yeah. over under numbers. Out there, Kevin Kelton has picked the Jazz to finish second in the West, third overall in the NBA. What's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, Kevin is a guy, like you said, his his numbers and uh, what I've read throughout the years, he's pretty spot on in everything that he he breaks down, even when it comes to 
talking trade or or what have you. Pelton's uh, is dialed in. You know him very well. Um, I got to be honest. You know those numbers are one are are very difficult to reach uh, for any team, especially in the Western Conference. David, uh, I'm not sure how the LeBron experiment will go in Los Angeles. I was looking tonight at ESPN, the over and unders from Las Vegas as well, and they have the they have the Lakers as a playoff team in the seventh spot. Um, they also have them another the over and under in Vegas has them tied with the Jazz at what forty eight and a half uh, wins uh, between the two. I don't know if that happens. And, and LeBron's by, good, and by the way, that, he, that would be a first round matchup too because they have it would be. tied at four or five, <laughs> so we can go go LeBron in the first round of the playoffs. Oh my gosh craziness i mean just craziness but you know i i don't know the jazz i think any team and this isn't just the jazz in my opinion i mean rudy went down twice last year and and the playoff before that went down in the first round against uh the clips and we're still able to rally back and win i think health plays a factor for every team in the league how deep you are and i think the jazz are a deep team um and I think again they've got to still get more production offensively off off the second unit. But you know this team just plays defense like none other. Can defense win titles? It did a, years and years ago for the Detroit Pistons. But David, you've got the numbers. I mean, the three ball is everything. And uh, in the Western Conference, to hang with the the likes of Clay and Steph, and what Harden does, and what uh, Oklahoma City still has in Westbrook. I mean, there's a lot of challenges out there, but defense and Rudy Gobert uh, and what he does and how he alters shots does play a big equation and what probably, in my opinion, I'd like to hear yours and what Pelton believes the Jazz are capable of. But defense, the Jazz have something very special in Gobert. We all know that, and teams do have to change the way they attack. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bold call by Mr. Pelton. But one, I'm anxious to see how the Jazz uh, handle it. You know what? It's pressure, too. When you start looking at the numbers, David, you know this. I mean, people, you know, players look at their box score every night in the locker room, and sometimes those numbers become so important that it, it, it kind of fogs your mind about really what the ultimate goal is, and that's to win. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this team reacts and how you know Rudy plays his side of the ball and how Donovan attacks with, uh, with Ricky Rubio in the front court. I'm Again, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how this uh, comes about this year and how, especially Donovan as a sophomore in this league, he's been around it once, uh, and he's he's uh, he's a veteran. There's no doubt. Uh, makes us to see how he uh, he plays out his, his second year in the league. Answer your question a moment ago. If the Jazz are number one defensively in the way they were dominant post the trade deadline, and that those numbers I shared early that every one of their bad defenders are gone. And right. I mean, Derek Favors is your worst-rated defensive player, and that's just because he's on when he's on most when Rudy's off. Um, you're pretty fabulous. And if the Jazz are that dominant defensively, then then they're yes, because uh, I, you know, my big finding last year, at least in my opinion, is that defense is equally as important as offense, and that's not how most people view the league. Um, so to to answer your questions, if the Jazz are as good defensively as they were post trade deadline and are that dominant defensively you have to view them as the same thing as the Warriors offensively and that type of dominance gets you home court advantage 
in the class. And, and David, I think, you know, you and I talked about this too. I mean, look who played the Warriors as tough as anyone in the league last year. Was it not the Utah Jazz? Yeah, I'm not sure we ever saw the Warriors last year. Yeah, maybe not. You know I mean, what? They did start Quentin Cook one of those games. <laughs> Well, you know what happens is you're right. I mean, what happens is these teams that are that are the elite, you know, they, they turn it on and turn it off, and that's the ability they have, especially come playoff time. But, you know, you still respect the fact the way the Jazz did, you know, defend them. But uh, as deep as, as the Warriors are and still are, it's it's uh, it's amazing to, to watch the Steve Kerr-driven offense and defense of, of Golden State. But I think the Jazz, you know, are to the task. And you're right, the defense – and we've had this discussion, too, about the three ball. I mean, the Jazz still have to be able to put, you know, points on the board, but also their defense allows them maybe to be off on given nights, and that did play a factor last year. I go back to the two days I go back to that make me optimistic about this season, uh, well, probably three, are March 11th in New Orleans when the Jazz won by 17, the 24-point win in Minnesota, Right. I mean, those teams needed those games, and those are the teams you're competing with. And the Jazz went into both their buildings and just annihilated them. Um, and then I think, obviously, game two, when you win against the Thunder in game six, I mean, when you prove that against the Thunder team um, in the playoffs, I think that obviously has great value. The Warrior win, so the Clipper win, I felt like the Clippers kind of had died already by the time we got them. Um, you know, one, two, three, Cancun. Uh, it, it really is how that felt. Um, so I don't know. It's you know you look at that. Then um, there's some other nights, right? Though there's the loss against Portland on the first game back from the All Star break, and there's the loss to Atlanta where guards, you know, suddenly had these games that made you wonder if the defense was that good. So it's not, you know, there's still some question marks out there, but it, it is it is sure going to be uh, exciting. Craig Bowler, Jack, wrapping up the second edition tomorrow on the next edition of Locked On Jazz. We'll have Bowler back with us, and we'll do some. LeBron in L.A. stuff and some of that as well. Thanks for tuning in. This is Locked on Jazz. Stay tuned for more Locked on NBA's daily edition is still out in the offseason as well. It's all on the Locked on Podcast Network. Special thanks to Bowler. We'll have one more show this week as well on Locked on Jazz. I'll either drop it on Thursday morning or probably maybe Friday morning. Think the schedule might come out on Thursday. Um, if, it's gonna, if the schedule's going to come out on Thursday, then I'll wait till Friday. Uh, to talk about. I'll try to see if I can find out the answer to that. Uh, so this has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.